Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode in the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm your host, Moed Amin, and I'm truly delighted to have you on the show today. As you know, well, you may know if you're a previous listener, if you're new to the show, um, you know, we are all about helping you become the best version of yourself. And when you think about the noble character or noble spirit, the ability to persuade and convey what it is that you're thinking and your 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 perspective and your approach in a confident manner to people is a really core part of that nobility of character and spirit. And that's what we're all about today. So it's not just for sales professionals. We're also here to help non-sales professionals. Now, um, greatness is not from just the skills uh, or the knowledge that you have. Uh, It's about the person you become. And so you will hear from topics and experts ranging from a wide range of areas Uh, such as behavioral psychology, human behavior, personal branding. And we've even had someone on the show who's a a functional medicine expert to help you with your your energy, your focus, and actually raise your intelligence and creativity as well. All core skills that are really important to become a successful sales professional or any professional for that matter. Now, one of the things that I've been talking about on the show, and we've had a few experts coming on, is this whole area around connecting with people through social networks, particularly LinkedIn. Uh, And there's been a lot of really bad practices. I'm certainly exposed to a lot of them on a daily basis. I've been a a culprit myself in doing these things in the past. And this is becoming more of an important approach when it comes to sales. So I'm truly delighted to have our next guest on the show where we can actually delve into this topic in a lot more detail. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Funnel Amplified. And essentially, he helps founders and sales professionals communicate and connect with people uh, without the the all too frequent now spammy, impersonal and templated approaches. Now, he's also founded uh, in the past several other companies, and he's actually very open with some of the mistakes and experiences that he's made uh, with the, these past companies. And I really love how, um, how open and honest he is with those mistakes to help others learn from them and you know the, the raw authenticity by which this person lives his life. So please help me welcome someone who also shares some tragically, <laughs> tragic kind of dad jokes on, uh, on LinkedIn, <laughs> probably because you know he's the father of five children. Mr. Uh, Brandon Lee. Brandon, welcome to the show. Moe, thank you so much. Yes, the uh, the tragically bad dad jokes is just part of the, the, the many bad talents that I have, yes. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said they were bad, but they're, they're, I, I actually oh, find they're them bad. Really- I, 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 I'm, I'm a father myself. I've been exposed to these bad jokes several times from others as well. Yes. Um, and you know what? I, I think people take themselves a bit too seriously on LinkedIn. Um, yes. And I think we have to remember that we are human at the end of the day. And we enjoy yes. We enjoy humor. Um, and exactly. Enjoy, you know, and it's a part of who we are. So um, we're certainly not robots. So I, I, I actually enjoy reading them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah well well, let me know this 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 coming or tomorrow uh let me know what you think of the one i'm doing tomorrow i'm I'm pushing the limits a little bit tomorrow on my dad joke which is i usually do my dad jokes on friday you want to preview yeah Yeah, go for it 
please. Yeah, so uh, hopefully I don't push the, the limits too hard, but uh, I told my, my nine-year-old, um, she, I said, Hey, you know, Zoe, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't hold your toots in. I know I'm crossing the line, especially with the British audience. These Americans no, no, were crude. I said, you know, you, you shouldn't hold your toots in. And she's like, well, well, why? I said, well, it's not good for you. And she said, why? And I said, well, that's where all your crappy ideas come from. Your, your body absorbs it back up and it goes to your brain. And that's where your crappy ideas come from. Oh man. Bad, bad, oh man, bad, bad, bad. Oh man, yes. but uh, that's what makes it so entertaining because, yes. uh, like I said, people just take themselves way too. That that yeah. that one uh, I think is one of your uh, your top tragic ones. I have to say, <laughs> I really <laughs> like that one. I really like that one. My goal, um, my goal is always an eye roll and head shake, and so if I get those, then then good dad joke. Well, anyone watching the videos here, you've probably got one of those for sure um good so that's, <laughs> what what made you I, I'm, I'm really intrigued before we talk about social selling etc um mm-hmm. what made you decide to share dad jokes you know um that's a good question so i i enjoy the puns um and i i just i love humor overall and i found that with with our five kids it was a way that i was able to connect with them um, not the only way, but it was a way to connect. Like, you know, they, they've got these things throughout their childhood that they know are just kind of dad's things. Like whenever they drive by a cemetery, they will probably tell their friends, oh yeah, every time we drive by a cemetery, my dad will go, oh, hey guys, look at that place. People are dying to get in there. Oh, wow. Right. It's, yeah. it's awful, but it creates culture right? It creates connection. And I've really always been about my personal leadership. You and I shared this and I am very open about it. My pretty rough childhood, not a great relationship with the, with an abusive dad. And so for me coming into adulthood, I knew I, I desperately wanted to make changes in my life. And part of that was all about my own personal leadership. And, and what I learned with that is We have the ability to create culture. Culture isn't just a a company thing. We have family culture. You have culture based on your personality, based on the way you show up in people's lives. And so um, those are things that were very intentional for me um, as being a dad and being a husband. It wasn't, you know, they're they're corny, they're funny, they make my kids roll their eyes. But for me, it gave me something that my kids knew me by, connected with me by, and it was kind of one of our things to a point now where my adult kids, if they hear a funny dad joke and my son-in-law, what they do is they share it with me, Mm -hmm. right? They think of me when it comes to those things. And so it's a place that we can connect. So I hope that, hope that makes sense and resonates, but you know, you're a dad, we, we need to find ways that we can stay connected to our kids as they mature through different stages of life. And stupid jokes was one of the ones that stuck. Yeah, I mean, that really resonates with me because I really admire how, you know, I often say life is actually just a brain chemistry experience, right? And, and I, I don't want to go into it into too much detail, but suffice to say that there's no such thing as color, sound, or even beauty in this world without our body right it's it's our eyes it's our it's our brain it's our sensory organs that actually take those things in and make it yeah. heaven on earth and you know 
too often and, and myself included right we all have a past and we can either live in that past and it controls us or or we can we can treat it as a a, a learning situation that can that can change us for the better and makes we can create something beautiful out of that past and the fact that you've done that i mean it's just in, hugely admirable um so that that really resonated with me and, and you, you talked about culture and i think we're going to probably talk about that in the kind of social selling context but you're absolutely right mm -hmm. culture is a way of of connection um it's a way of understanding so you know the fact that i mean and it certainly helps you stand out for sure i mean i don't think you did that for that reason but but it certainly created more of a connection whenever i i read those dad jokes so so i love yeah, well, the fact me, that you do it let me add on to that then. So the reason I started with dad jokes was about my kids and everything I just shared. But mm. when I started looking at how I wanted to show up in LinkedIn, um, what I saw is, and, and across social media, um, so I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. I don't do as much on Twitter, but I'm there. But, uh, you know, everybody shows up with their serious face and especially mm. on LinkedIn, here's my title, here's what I do, here's my resume, here's my experience. And I've never shown up that way in my life. At least I've tried not to show up that way. Um, life, business, as you said, um, without our eyes, there is no color. I've always tried to show up first and foremost as the human being that I am. And then everything else kind of comes around that. And so when I wanted to show up in, you know, pre-LinkedIn for me in a boardroom, in a meeting, whatever, I was always personal. I was always human. And because I've loved humor my whole life, um, I always liked good humor, not, sac you know, not a sarcastic humor, not humor at other people's expense, but humor that everybody can kind of, they can roll their eyes and not agree with, or they can laugh at, but it's not at someone else's expense. And I found that when you can do that, there's immediate connection, mm. right? And, and I want to connect with people. I mean, all of this is about connection. So the fact that my, my headline is, I love dad jokes, it helps me connect with people because I get strangers that will send me messages and go, oh my gosh, I saw you love dad jokes. Here's my favorite. It's a place that we can connect and bond with people no matter what country they're in, no matter what their background is comedy is one of those things that does that and i i love that part and that's why I, I like being known so every friday i post a dad joke and what's happened over time too is people know me for it and so when they see dad jokes they tag me or they i just like a couple days ago i had somebody i know that there was a post that was about comedy and somebody had said, okay, everybody, who are the, who are the funniest people you know on LinkedIn? Mm. And I got tagged in it. And oh, through that, I connected with four or five new people that I'm connections with now who I didn't even know existed. They didn't know I existed. And now we're connected. I love the radical authenticity of that approach. Because just, just hearing you talk about it, I, I, can, I can feel that this is not a tactic, right? This is not uh, a mechanism by which you use to stand out and get attention. Actually, this is something that came from your personal life that is extended into what could be considered your professional life. 
but it's not done so with an alternative agenda other than just to purely connect with people. And yeah. I know that that's and such a big thing for you when it comes to what you talk about in terms of how people should be using LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's a fine line there because in some ways it is a tactic, but it's an authentic tactic. So yeah. it's not really a tactic. It's just me showing up. You know what I mean? There's, there's that yep. gray line, but I think that whether it's online or offline, our greatest strength is authenticity because we don't have to try. We don't have to work that hard at it. If we put up a wall, we put up a facade. Well, we got to work at it to keep the facade up. And so I think our best tactic is just being ourselves and being authentic and trusting. And this is where it's really hard for people trusting that if I am fully myself in this world, that I'm going to create community around me. I'm not for everyone. I, there's people out there that look at my stuff and they go, what an idiot. And that's okay. Mm. Because there's enough people out there that will be drawn to me because I'm fully myself and I will be drawn to them and I can do business. I can provide for my family. I can find joy. I can find peace and happiness and a life that I'm excited and proud of. And when it's from authenticity, oh my gosh, it's just so much better. You know, it's interesting you talk about this because I recently watched a, a kind of short video from Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know who, who he is? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so if for any of those that are watching or listening to this and, and don't know who he is, he's, he's just an exceptionally well-known person when it comes to specific spaces, particularly around how to how to use social media to get your word out there, right? And, and when it comes to social media and things like videos, et cetera, he, he's considered one of the top experts, right? Although he doesn't call himself that, he calls himself something else. But one of the things he talked about is, you know, you trying to be an expert or you trying to be a guru, um, you trying to convey yourself in a way that's not you. And he said, no matter how good you are, whatever, however good the content is, if you're not being you, you are going to eventually lose. Um, yeah. And if you, you know, being yourself, in some ways it's courage, but, you know, you know, making that conscious decision to be yourself, you've already won because um, it's beautiful to be you and only you can be you in the best way possible. So stop trying to play someone else's game and, and play your own that you're going to enjoy. And I, I get it. And it's just, it's just so interesting that you say that because there's, there's a, a lot that you just described that resonates and, and, and relates to what I've heard from Gary Vaynerchuk as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so I would put Gary into the category of being like a super influencer, right? Mm. And, and he's everywhere and he does his thing and he's very authentically him. Like him, love him, not like him, whatever. Mm. Uh, Gary is totally him and he's good with it. Um, I love his content. I don't always like listening to it because I feel like he's yelling at me all the time. Um, and that's just not my style, but I love Gary. I love the message. And I think part of the challenge when we look at social media is, is really twofold is number one is we really, all of us people, we really struggle in a chaotic changing world just to be authentic with, to know ourselves well enough to lead ourselves and be authentic, right? That's number one. That's just really difficult to do offline, much less now translating it into an online world. And then the second challenge we have is we see people like a Gary Vaynerchuk or 
everybody listening right now, think of the influencers that you think of. And when you hear the term influencer, where does your brain go? Does it go to the Gary Vaynerchuk's? Does it go to the bikini models on Instagram? Does it go to wherever? And, and we all go, oh, no, 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 that's not me. That's not me. That's why, you know, I don't do social selling because I'm not Gary or I'm not this or I, I don't want to talk about myself all the time. Well, those are versions of people using social to be influential. But just like in real life, the most powerful thing we have to be influential is authentically ourselves. So we got to learn it offline and then translate it in online. And to bring it all the way back to the whole dad joke thing, when I started looking at, because I, I did, and you kind of alluded to this in the intro, I, I did stupid, bad, annoying LinkedIn activities for a while. And most of it was because I wasn't totally clear with who I was going to be online. Like I did a lot of this work on the offline world and coming out of my childhood stuff. And, and I thought I had a good grasp before I was in real life. But then when I looked at LinkedIn, I, I followed the game. I put up my resume. I talked about my successes. I talked about this and I just annoyed people because it was me, 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 totally consumed by the me monster. And then I got to a point I looked at it and I'm like, man, no wonder people don't respond. I wouldn't want to talk to me either. How do we what, do this differently? What was, the, what was the aha moment for you that, cha- that you know, cha- changed that? The, the aha moment was, um, there's probably really two of them, I think. One was an exhaustion of activity without fruit. But the other one was, and, and this was in like 20, 2016, I had a friend, he, was, he created a new company and they were doing LinkedIn lead generation. We all know what it is now, but back then it was pretty new. It may have even been 2015. It's like, hey, what we do is we take your account and we get these lists and we send out connection requests. And then when they accept it, we follow up with a cadence of messages. It's just like email. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. 2015 email marketing like that, then landing pages, they were still, you know, gated type of information was still producing fairly well. And I thought, okay, well, I'm I'm an I'm an early adopter. Like, let's give it a shot. And a couple of things happened with it. One, I felt dirty. I didn't like it. Um, somebody else was doing my prospecting for me, and that that just didn't feel right. Number two, I was scheduling a bunch of calls with people that really didn't know me. I didn't know them. The calls weren't very good. They were pure cold, you know, conversations. And then what eventually happened too is my LinkedIn account got suspended mm. and I had to fight to, you know, get it back opened up and do all this stuff. And, and while I was at it, I said, okay, look, if I can't do things like this, what do I do? How do, how do I use this better? And they pointed me to some things and I started reading about LinkedIn and about how we should do it better. And I followed a few people and I learned about connecting and learned about, um, you know, LinkedIn favors content creators. Who knew? So it wasn't just about using this direct message thing. It's about having a voice. And if you're going to have a voice, you got to get comfortable with what your voice is going to be so that you can be consistent. You can be authentic. I could be on your show. I could be on someone else's show, or I could write a post, or I could respond to a comment, or I can respond to a direct message. And it's going to be consistently me. Now I'm listening intently to what you're saying. And I can imagine some of our viewers and listeners thinking, okay, how do I become authentic? 
and, and how do I find my voice in this kind of almost sea of pressure, right? Pressure from, and if you're in sales or if you're a founder of a company, you're going to have pressure from your boss, your, your investors, et cetera. You're also going to have internal pressure, this desire to succeed, mm -hmm. this desire to drive towards success in the shortest time possible, right? which is, which can often be like crazy, but also this pressure from all these influences, as you, as you call them, right? As you see around you, who are, you see their success and, they, and you're kind of naturally comparing yourself to them, which is one of the worst things you can possibly do, but it, it's still there. How should people become more authentic to themselves and true to themselves and find their own voice in this kind of sea of pressure around them? Yeah, those are those are great questions. And it really is going through their own process of who do I want to be in this digital world? And it's not just who do I want to be like putting on a mask, but I really do. I mean, and I, I said this for years and, and I think if for me, this was for me and I've had so much um, growth and just a wealth of happiness from it that I think it's so important for people is I had to learn how to just take my mask off in the world anyway, right? I had to learn how to be at peace with who I am and be at peace knowing that some people weren't going to like the person that I am. And that's okay. Um, so number one is there. And then number two is really looking at who do you want to be in this LinkedIn world and how do you want to show up? What are the best qualities that you want to bring? How do you like to connect with people? And then learn things too. Like, you know, I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about things like that because I don't think they belong in my business environment. And it's for me, some of those things have just become so disrespectful that if you agree with me, we can be friends, but if you disagree with me, we're, we're enemies. And so I think some of those things just don't belong in my life in general, because I want to be connected with everybody, even if we have differing opinions. Um, so you gotta, you gotta work through that process. And there's, you know, there's, there's ways you can go through and start mapping out um, what are your goals, right? I'm a, I'm a big believer in think with the end in mind uh, from seven habits of highly effective people. And what's the end goal? And then when you start working backwards, I think a lot of those answers just kind of fall in place. So as an example, my goal was, you know, I want to help salespeople and business owners from the C-suite to, you know, upper management. I want to help them be connected in their industry to a point that they have influence so that sales and revenue doesn't become a stress. And mm -hmm. so I started going, well, what do I talk about? How do I, how do I be, who, who are they, what, do, you know, and therefore most of my posts have nothing to do with me unless they're like funny, funny ones. Like today, I just very authentically was like, I was texting and I'll get back to this, but yesterday my mom just had a surgery and I was texting her and um, I was in a hurry and I texted something in, in response to, Hey, just, you know, rest well and let time do its thing or let time do its work. And I typoed and I said, let donuts. That's what I wrote. And I sent it to her. And my mom replies, you know, poor thing. She's in bed. She just had surgery. She replies with a question mark going, huh? And, and I had to fix it, right? So my post today was basically about that. I'm like, okay, here's my dilemma. 
should I just start slowing down when I text or am I, should I just be okay with fixing my typos all the time? And I told the story of what happened with my mom. If I walked into the office and I had coworkers there and that had just happened and I was kind of laughing about it, I would be like, oh, boy, guess what happened to me? Guess what I just did? And I would have told you. Mm. And so I turned it into a post and I told the world, or at least the world that wants to listen to what I have to say. And what happens is people start telling their own stories. They start laughing. They, oh yeah, I did this once. And all of a sudden, what are we doing? We're building community with humans. Doesn't matter what our titles are. Doesn't matter how much money we make. It doesn't matter what industry we're in. We're connecting with humans. And for me, it always goes back to things that I was told early in my career. Brandon, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's that's my approach with social. So for everybody, how do you get there? We got to take steps back. We got to think about who do I want to be? What's really driving me to do this thing? For me, it's connection. I just, I really enjoy connecting with people. I really enjoy learning from people. I really love, enjoy, as you mentioned earlier, I'm willing to share things that I've been through, good, bad, and ugly, because I think that authentic, that authenticity allows us to truly connect with people. And then guess what happens from it? Business. Yeah, I'll stop there. I kind of, I kind of went on a few tangents, but it really is, you, you, you've got to, I mean, please, 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 in your real life, get comfortable with who you are and who you want to be and put processes in place to build a culture that you want around you. And then doing that online is that much easier. But um, you got you got to just create some goals and know who you want to be and then create systems to help you be consistent. That is so interesting because essentially what you're saying is don't seek to sell through LinkedIn. So we're kind of just thinking about the whole sales process. Don't seek to sell through LinkedIn. The end in mind isn't really sell. It's actually a byproduct of something else, which is seek to make a genuine connection with someone. That's why this that that's yeah, exactly. why you know and you you know you i knew you were going to ask me a question around you know why do i say social selling sucks mm. and it's because we got to take the selling out of it so here's here's a story i was at a networking event uh, there was five of us standing around in a circle we all had a cocktail in our hand we're chatting like you do at a networking event, talking about traffic to get there. We were talking about the weather. Maybe we were talking about sport, but we were just kind of chatting to get to know each other. And this woman came into the group and she kind of like parted two people. She was kind of short, kind of parted two people. And she goes, oh, excuse me. I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, that's exactly what you meant to do. And she had a stack of her business cards and she kind of like went around the circle and she, she said, I'm so-and-so I work for this company and this is what we do. And da, da, da. And so if you ever think of this, please think of me. And she put a card in everybody's hand and then she goes, okay, sorry, I really didn't mean to interrupt. And she walked out and we all just sat there like kind of dumbfounded going, what the hell was that all about? Right? So here's what happened. We were just connecting with people. We were in that early stage of getting to know somebody. That's what you talk about. And she came in and pitched. She came in, took over the conversation, made it about her, pitched 
gave us all business cards and then left. There was no connection. There was no relationship attempt. It was all about her and all about a pitch. And she left and, you know, the character that I am, I went, well, that sucked. And I put my hand out with my card and I go, anyone else want to put this in the uh, circular file? And everybody put their her business card in my hand and I turned around and I threw it in the trash. I didn't mean to be rude, but the reality for me is anybody that thinks that that style is okay is probably not somebody I'm going to do business with. And the reality is most buyers today don't want to do business with people that way because they don't have to. And that, that's interesting when you say they don't have to. Is that because there's just so much choice now or is it something else? The power shifted and whether we, we want to agree with this or not, the internet has shifted the power. When I started in sales in the mid 90s, my best superpower was information. I mm. could on a door and get led into places. Why? They were using me for information. Mm. Right. It wasn't about, oh, welcome, come on in. No, they were utilizing, using might be a strong term, but they were utilizing me for information. Yeah, you are a major source of that information back then in the 90s. Right. That superpower's gone. So now what happens is buyers need to want to invite you in. So I call it the circle of trust, the buyer circle of trust, right? If you think about the buyer in the middle, they have technology just like the rest of us. And what they do is they choose who they allow into their circle of trust. It means they subscribe to their newsletters. They follow them on LinkedIn. They tune into their podcasts. They watch them on YouTube, but they choose who they bring in. Then they also use technology to build walls. They're called spam filters. They're called voicemail. They're called unfollow. They're called, no, I won't connect with you. They have technology just like we do <laughs> as sellers, but they use it to keep people out and they create their own little circle of trust. And the question for most salespeople is, can you earn the right to be in their circle of trust? And the way that you earn it totally depends on the way you show up. And the way you show up is the activity that you do in social media. So it starts with your profile. If somebody goes and looks at your profile, is it your resume? And if it's your resume, have you ever started a conversation with somebody telling them all about your resume, telling them about your career? No. If I said, hey, Molly, tell me a little bit about you. You go, oh, well, my first job. No. You would probably say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I, I like this. I just got, you know, I just went on a, on a holiday in Canada. Like, that's what that's the way humans talk and that's where we connect and buyers want to do business with people who they know they like and they trust so we have to earn that before the meeting we have to earn the right to the meeting which means we have to earn the opportunity to be invited in the meeting and that's where we have to share content that's where we go comment on other people's posts. We need to be seen in this community. So we go back to that, that networking event that I was at and what that woman did. She was seen, but she was seen in a negative way. And there were five people in that circle that will probably never do business with her. And that doesn't mean she's a bad person. It means her tactic, the way she showed up, 
put us off. And if we saw her the next time at that same networking event across the room, we all would have been like, let me go over here. Like we would have avoided her. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same thing that happens in social media. If you're posting brochures about your business and nobody's paying attention to it and people come to the conclusion, they go, you know what? We tried social selling and it didn't work. No, you didn't try social selling. You tried social billboards and everyone ignored your billboards because you haven't earned the opportunity to share what you know just by being me, 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 me. This was hugely valuable and insightful. I want to I dig into some practical stuff there because you, you, just, you just talked about a few ways that you can show up in the right way and in a way that's conducive to how you create that authentic connection. And you talked about two things just there. It's about what's your post, posting something and responding and, and, and contributing to other people's posts. Yep. So my question here is, how should we be doing those two things? Yep. So let me give two very practical, tactical, I'm going to say easy to do, but difficult to start tactics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So number one, I would suggest make a plan that you're going to post twice a week. Start there, baby steps. I'm going to post twice a week. Choose your days. And here's two types of posts. The first one is what I would call a professional insight post. And the second one is what I'd call a personal insight post because business is personal, right? Lloyd, before you and I started recording, we were chatting about your holiday to Canada. We were talking about family. We, you know, I brought up football. You said, I don't really care about it. And we, we were getting to know each other before we went into business. So that personal but, and the professional. So here's how, how should people, sorry to interrupt, Brandon, but this, this is an important okay. point. I, I, I want to make sure that we cover because all too often I've seen people try to go down that personal route and then people respond saying, you know, this is not the place for it on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is about professional, not personal. Now, there is something to be said for both sides there, in my view, right? One is, you know, maybe it isn't the place for it. I, I, there's no right, I, no right answer from me that I, can, that I can offer here. But there's also the other side of, um, you know, was that personal post actually, you know, was it the right posts, right? Was it appropriate, right? So there's there's also something appropriate to be said about for who, and, and that's the question I want to ask you, which is yeah. how do you decide what is? I don't want to use the term right personal thing because there is no right; it's everyone's perspective. But how do you decide what type of personal things to share? as part yeah. of that process or strategy. Yeah, so that always goes back to who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? Okay. Like I, I, I get, uh, I, here's an example of, um, of a friend of mine actually out of London as well. And, and he posted, and this was six, seven months ago, but he posted something about what, what one of his son's accomplishments. And he, and he started with, I know this isn't exactly the right type of thing for LinkedIn, but I wanted to, and it kind of bragged about his son mm -hmm. and, and what he was doing. And I was the first comment, one of the first comments. And I said, you know, I don't know if I can do this on your show, but I was like, bullshit, this is life. Mm -hmm. 
Like that, if, if you and I were in a meeting, if I showed up at your office in a meeting and I said, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, you look around their office, you see pictures of the family, you go, oh, wow, you have three kids. That's really cool. One of the things he may have said, he goes, oh, my son today, what he did, that's really cool. That's appropriate because that's human. And we do business with people who we know we like and we trust. And if we don't know anything about them humanly, personally, there's something missing. There's something missing. When it all comes down to business, we do business. We choose to do business with people who we like mm -hmm. if we have a choice. If I know something more, I mean, this is why in business forever, you would take prospects out to lunch. You'll take them out for drinks. You'll take them to a sporting event. You'll give them tickets to a concert. None of that has anything to do with business. It has everything to do with the relationship and the relationship has everything to do with business. Interesting. So yeah. is it right? LinkedIn for me is my LinkedIn. That's the way I look at it. And if I post something on LinkedIn that people don't think is appropriate for LinkedIn, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. And you're more than welcome to not follow me. And I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but I want to be me. And you could also say when I'm in a meeting and I share personal things, like you, you commented at the very beginning that I'm very authentic and I'm very open. That's the way I choose to be. Sometimes it does bite me in the ass and I'm okay. I live with it because usually when it, you know, when it bites me like that, it's by somebody who's not as open, who's not as authentic, who hides behind a mask. And that's mm. why it, it bites me is because we're so different. Well, the reality is I was probably never going to be that connected to the person, do business with them or anything else. So it's okay. Mm. I'm creating my tribe of people by being me. And people allow me into their tribe of people because they like who I am. And those that don't like it, it's okay. So one of the biggest things we have to do is we have to get, we have to, we have to think of ducks, right? We have to think of ducks. And what is it that ducks do? Well, well, water falls right off their back. And that's why we have to, in social media, you have to, you have to have, you know, you have to be a duck and just let it all wash right off your back. Because the naysayers, the negative Nellies, the, the haters, whatever you want to say, they're going to show up. And we have a two choices. We can go, oh, my gosh, this person thinks I'm wrong. Or I can say, I'm really comfortable being me and I don't care. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And uh, sorry, I, I, I kind of diverted, uh, you know, what you were going through in terms of, you know, how do you kind of post and and uh how do you kind of comment to other ones but before we go back to what you were going to say there what you say is hugely valuable because i struggle with that myself um very conscious of and and by the way this is our biology it's nothing to be ashamed of right our brain hasn't really changed that much right. from you know the time where we lived in tribes and to okay. be isolated from the tribe meant death right so so we're kind of yeah. wired to be afraid of being isolated so and, and, and I struggled with that myself. And actually now, you know, I just changed the language for myself personally, right? Where I said, if I don't have detractors or haters or people that disagree with me, that means I'm not out there enough. So I lose by default. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw, I saw whenever I receive comments like that, I saw that as actually a win because it means yeah. I'm getting out there further. So that was the first thing I did. And the second thing that I noticed that was so powerful and really surprised me was actually 
I mean, unless it's someone that's completely unprofessional, in which case you just you just feel sorry for them, right? Because they they took time out of their day to do that. And there's a saying in NLP, which is hurt people hurt people, right? So there's clearly something in their world that's hurting them. So I just saw it as yeah. that. But for those that were professional in the approach, actually, what, what I found was when they disagreed, when we actually have a dialogue, actually that connection becomes even more powerful and stronger because we now have an exchange of ideas and and you know i'm kind of giving them a bit more context in the terms of what i'm describing there that they initially disagreed with um and by by that turn i'm also understanding them further so actually i found that when i received any comments where someone may have disagreed with what i'm saying i've actually to my surprise found if we just engage with them in a professional way you actually find sometimes that that connection is actually stronger so that was hugely, uh, that was a great, great win for me personally, because I really struggled with that. But anyway, you were, you were saying, so apologies, you were saying, so you no, were saying, fine. one, so two, start two, with two, two tactics. Posts. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and you're going to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, but let's start with the easier one, which is the professional insight post. So throughout your week, you're on calls with customers or prospects. They ask you questions, write down the questions, do it digitally, write it on a piece of paper. I don't really care. Write down your questions. And then when you go to create a post, you very simply say, a customer of mine asked me this question this week. And you write the question. And then you just say, this is an important question because this is a you know the reason why somebody should you should be thinking about it and maybe here's two or three things that you should consider if the if this is a question that you have also anything along those lines like tweak the formula it's not a perfect formula but the easy part is write down a question they asked you a question unless you were totally rude and just sat there and stared at them and didn't say anything, or you didn't respond to their email when they asked you the question, you replied. Whatever you would have replied in a verbal question, turn that into a post and publish it. I'm taking notes, by the way, brother. It's, it's all good. good. And, and if you want, even put it at the very top of the post, client question of the week, put some stars around it, and then go, this week, a prospect asked me this question, and then you go through and you answer it. Just do that. Now, why is this so important? Well, number one, posts aren't about you. It's about mm -hmm. them. Number two, you're sharing insightful, relevant, important information. The other one is people will say, oh, but I can't give away our secret sauce. You better give away our secret sauce. Because if you're not giving away your secret sauce, you're not getting invited into the meeting. Like That's, that's where the internet has brought us to. And just do that. Choose a day. Here's a big thing. Choose which day you're going to do that. Mm. You know, choose a Wednesday. Every week, do your professional insight post. And then on Friday, do your personal insight post. And what I like to do is call it a get to know me series. It sounds very egocentric, but it's not. It's you putting yourself out there. Right? You can title it again. Get to know me. Say, Something along the lines of, I want to use LinkedIn to get to know other people and build connections. I know in order to do that, I need to share a bit about me. And then every week, choose. You put a bunch of questions. Um, why did I choose the university I went to? Why did I choose the industry that I'm in? 
what I love most about my job. If I wasn't in this job, what would I be doing? Um, you know, my, my dream vacation would be just things like that. And here's why. If I was in a, in a dinner meeting or a lunch meeting with a customer or a prospect, 90 to 95% of that conversation is not going to be about work. It's going to be about life. It's going to be about family. It's going to be about personal dreams, goals, plans. Oh, you had a vacation. You, you know, you had a holiday a few weeks ago. Where did you go? What did you do? Oh, you know what? My family and I, we have been planning this for years or so. Like, that's the way we connect with people. So do that on Fridays. Do your professional inside post on Wednesdays. Commit to doing it for two months, a month if you think I'm crazy, but commit to doing it and watch what happens. There's a next step, which, you know, gets you a little bit more advanced, but the next step is commit to going and commenting on other people's posts, carve out 30 minutes a day, choose 20 people who you want to get to know and go look at their post activity and comment on posts that they've either liked, commented, or published themselves. Because a digital conversation has got to be just that. It's got to be a dyadic conversation. It's got to be a back and forth. And then what happens when you do that too is it hacks the algorithm. It starts putting your post in front of more people and all that. But you got to start here with your own post. And then you go out there and comment on others. But those are the two pieces I would say is to start with professional insight post, personal insight post, be consistent the same day every week and commit to doing it for at least eight weeks. And if you don't like it at the end of it, you can call me and tell me that I'm stupid. I doubt anyone's going to do that because it works. And I've seen it for myself. I've seen it for others. One point that you just said, I want to get clarity on. You said something about the algorithm there. So are you saying that if you comment on other people's posts and you do so regularly, that actually tells the algorithm to push your post further out to more people? Yeah, so think, yeah, so think about what's, what's LinkedIn's goal, right? LinkedIn's goal is more people in LinkedIn. Mm. What gets more people in LinkedIn? Well, content. And content is either a post or it's comments. That's the whole reason why LinkedIn sends notifications to everybody when something happens, right? Hey, you know, uh, Moe commented on a post that you commented on. Well, they send me emails. Why does LinkedIn do that? They want me going back in. And so the more active we are in LinkedIn, posting and commenting, the algorithm, and, I, and look, the, there's, we know what we know, but we don't know what we don't know, meaning the algorithm is a secret and all that. But you can see the trends. You can see the logic. LinkedIn favors content creators because your content, whether it's a post or a comment, is what brings more people back into LinkedIn. So what I've noticed is the more I comment on other people's posts, the more impressions my posts get, the more likes my posts get, and the more comments my posts get. So that's why it's that two-way street. Plus, when it comes to connecting with people, you know, human nature, you talked about our, our tribal brain. Um, when somebody gets the courage to post, their biggest fear is nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to care. So if you're the person that comes along and comments, you're a hero. 
they immediately, they like you more, they're connected with, unless you come on and you're a hater that comments, but you go and you comment, you validated their effort. You've taken the pressure off that, oh my gosh, I said something and, and somebody showed up. Like that's validating and that's connecting. That's, that's a connection. We build that connection. And it's also, you know, just taps into the law of reciprocation. When they see your post, they're going to reciprocate. So it just yeah, that's, builds that's, that that activity. Yeah, this is this is hugely, hugely interesting. Gosh, I, I I would love to sit and talk about this for so much longer. I'm I'm, I'm conscious I'm conscious of time, but there is one question I want to get out before uh, and ask you. Sorry, before we kind of ask a couple of questions that I ask every guest that joins us, which is. Okay. It sounds as if it's not, it sounds, it, it seems abundantly clear that LinkedIn has its place within your, let's call it your outbound portfolio. And a lot of people treat LinkedIn similarly to how they treat email or cold calling, which is high intensity, connect with, talk to or, re, or communicate with as many people as possible in order to achieve quick results. But the way that you're talking about LinkedIn is the complete opposite. Um, you know, it's something that's going to take time. It's probably something that you're going to reserve for those people that you truly want to connect with. Would you, have I understood that and described that correctly? Or would you say it in a different yeah, way? I would say it's slightly different, but you're definitely on track. I think, you know, go back to the example of uh, that, that networking event and the woman's activities versus the rest of our activities. I think the way, think for anybody listening, think about the way you perceive networking events. Do you go there to connect with people? Do you go there to build relationships or do you go there to try and sell anything you can and accomplish your goals? Um, that's the way people are going to show up in LinkedIn. So I perceive LinkedIn more like a networking event. It's just 24 hours a day, global networking event. And I'd like to show up in networking events to try and connect because we know if we try to sell too soon, we push people away in a live event. But one of the biggest mistakes people have made with LinkedIn is they just forgot that there's like real people on the other side of the screen mm. and they just go in like a bull in a China shop and they try to just say, tell everybody about themselves and what they do. And here's my calendar link and let's get on because I'm going to change your life. And nobody, nobody wants to be sold that way. Yeah, it works sometimes when you have just the right timing or something. But overall, I see LinkedIn as the networking event. And it's not just for the 20 or 30 people that I really want to connect with. I want to build as much influence and connection as I can. Because again, it's not what we know, it's, it's who we know. And opportunities come from relationships. Relationships come through a series of conversations. And LinkedIn is just a way to have conversations at scale. That was really eloquently um, described. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. I, I, it's yeah. been, it's been, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Brandon, and it's been such a privilege to have you on the show. You know, I've learned a lot. I've taken a ton of notes um, and, you know, I really hope that our viewers and listeners really kind of listen to what you have to, had to say really deeply here. A um, couple of questions that I would like to ask you, which I ask all of our guests when we, when they join the show. Um, so yes. the first one is, you know, what three books or 
or people that you admire would you recommend that our viewers and listeners go out and buy or follow? Yeah, so um, the first thing I'd say, it just goes back to the very beginning of our conversation. Um, there, there was, there's been a lot of books and a lot of people that have been very influential in my personal journey coming out of childhood trauma. But one of the books that I think is the most practical, easy daily use for me is The 12 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. Um, it's, it's basically that our personal leadership dictates everything else in our life. If I don't grow in various areas of my life, uh, I'm going to limit my family's growth. I'm going to limit my business growth. I'm going to limit my financial growth. I'm going to limit my relational growth. So the 12 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell has been very instrumental. It's a book that I it's on my desk all the time. So it's, you know, it's kind of a Bible to me for personal leadership. Um, so that's one. I think um, a recent book that I think is extremely um, valuable is my friend Tom Burton's book called The Revenue Zone. And I love Tom's story because um, he was kind of a traditional sales marketing guy. He's an engineer by nature or by, by career, very structured and he took on lead generation and sales from a very structured route until he, you know, kind of hit his head on a wall and realized this isn't working. Buyers are different and we need to communicate and all that. So very timely book. I think he just published it like six, eight months ago, but the revenue zone by Tom Burton. And I'd say two key people on online. Um, there's a few, but I'll say one for your, I know your audience, you're based in the UK. Um, Alexander Lowe, who is with PA Consulting, and he's based in London. Um, just incredible insight and content on social selling. Um, he's definitely worth the follow. And then on the enterprise side, um, my friend Carson Hedy, uh, Carson Heady, I always do that to him. I'm so sorry. But um, he's with, he's an enterprise um, sales director at Microsoft. We did a conversation a few weeks ago about how he closed a nine-figure deal through LinkedIn. So those are those are some right off kind of the top of my head that I would say that that currently are really relevant to me. That's hugely valuable. I, I hadn't I haven't uh, come across those two books by the way. Those two individuals I hadn't come across either. So again, I've learned something new, which I, which I love. So thank you for that, Brandon. Um, and and this is this is what LinkedIn does, right? Moeed, you mm. and I, without LinkedIn, we never would have met. Absolutely. And I would never have met. And now we're having you. these conversations, yeah. be it on each other's shows. Like this is this is such the cool thing of the internet. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. How how can how can uh, our viewers and listeners learn more about you, connect with you, etc.? Yeah. The best way is LinkedIn. Uh, go to LinkedIn, Brandon Lee. If you need this, the, the, the URL is Brandon Lee Digital, but um, find me there and, you know, comment, tell me, tell me that, uh, let me know that you heard me um, on with the show with Moeed and have a chat, like comment, chat. If you send me a message and it's personal and human and it's connecting, I'm going to respond. If you send me a message to try and sell me something, Honestly, you're probably going to get the vomit emoji as a reply. That's what I do. When somebody pitch slaps me, um, I just reply with the vomit emoji. 
And if they ask why, I say, well, you vomited on me. I vomited on you. I I know it's kind of rude and crude, but I'm sick and tired of people pitch slapping me um, without any sort of connection or rapport. Yeah, I love that. I love that. If they want to learn about my company, so Funnel Amplified, it's funnelamplified.com. And look, here's what we're doing. We're trying to build communities of people that are using LinkedIn in this manner. And we built some technology that helps make it more efficient. There's no automation. We're not automating. You know, we're just using technology to help individual people uh, be more efficient. And within the community, we're community-led growth. Like they're telling us what they need, what they want, what's working, what's not working, and then our team goes to develop it. We're giving the community what they want to help them use LinkedIn to connect with people and grow their influence. So I've had a look at it and it looks incredibly interesting. So for those people that are serious about, you know, using LinkedIn in the right way, and I'm going to use that term right way, because quite frankly, it seems like there is, um, and to connect with people in an authentic manner, but you want to leverage technology whilst still doing it in the right way without, as you say, templated approaches, then you know, I'd highly encourage people to have a look at what you what you're showcasing on your website for Thank sure. You. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. I've, I've learned a ton. Thank you so um, much. And I'm really, really pleased for Candice who connected us and, 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 you know, for LinkedIn for making it so easy for us to connect with each other and learn from That's each right. other and, and build this build this relationship. So um, you know, thank you again, Brandon, for coming on the show. Uh, they, I thank, thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here and, and share this. And as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate and excited to talk about it. So it doesn't take much to get me to talk about it. For sure. No, no, no I'm pleased to hear that and, and, and to experience that. So thank you, everyone, for, for watching and, and listening. If you have any comments about what you heard today or any other topics that you would like us um, to address, whether it's myself who addresses it, or to invite a particular uh, knowledgeable person or enthusiastic person on the show, do leave it out in the comment section. In fact, a lot of the content that we share comes from you, the viewers and listeners. So please, please, please do leave a note in the comment section, whatever platform you are engaging with us, with, the, with us on, and uh, we'll do our best to have uh, to address that topic and to have the right people on the show for you. So until then, this is Moe Damin signing out, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.